on this episode of the AIE Podcast. We have a new Guildy of the Month. Children's Week is easier with friends. Totally. May the 4th is with the Amazing Race. Heavensward Benchmark is now available. Hoots is here to give us all of the exciting news about AIE in EVE Online. All that and more coming up right now. Bringing you the latest news from the AIE gaming community from planet Earth and beyond. This is the AIE Podcast. Awesome. That that intro just made me miss Zod again. But welcome to episode number 232 of the podcast celebrating the LA Octa S gaming community. The Die Has Been podcast. This is not Ted Semi. So, but Sorry. to my left, it totally is Ted Semi. <laughs> Hi, I love raid math. <laughs> and I'm Aludra, and I think you're awesome. Miguel is off today, either making a mess in the guild kitchen, or getting a new tattoo, or possibly... Or both. Yeah, probably both. So but... getting a new tattoo in the guild kitchen? Yeah. It's possible. It's a big, yeah, big that sounds kitchen. very likely, actually. So, you know, we're horde. It, it all works it's, out. It's a one-stop shop, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cleanest place in the guild house. Um, this week, as you just heard, we are joined by our special guest, Hoots, who's here to talk about AIE in EVE Online. Welcome, Hoots. He- hello, hello. Man, the biggest sandbox in the universe happens to be the universe, and you're in charge of all that, and so I'm sure it's going to be an amazing show. Uh, you, you know what? So I'm, I'm, I'm in, in charge, at least in charge in air quotes, of, of the, right. the AIE branch of EVE, and, and what that means is I get to act like the janitor of the EVE uh-huh. on the <laughs> Well, that's, that's all the, really any officer is in AIE. Everybody thinks it's a glamorous job. No, we're janitors. Like, no, and, and it's it's pretty much, I think the tagline among the officer group is diplomatic incidents mean content for hoots. Yeah. So that's, yes. that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty hoots accurate, actually. Kill mails and goes, yeah, hoots sits down, looks through the kill mail and goes, okay, what am I going to have to do this week? <laughs> What sort of letter am I going to have to draft? Who am I going to have to pay? Exactly. What am I going to have to do? What has gone wrong? Yep. Yeah, pretty but, much. But, but it's great. It's fun. I love it. <laughs> that is so awesome. At least you enjoy being the space janitor. I mean, if you got to be a space janitor, you might as well enjoy the heck out of it, right? Also, it's a space janitor. I mean, that's pretty cool. Right? <laughs> You put space in front of everything. It's awesome. So, Hoots, what have you been up to in or out of game? Uh, so, you know, and, and we'll start actually outside of EVE uh, about, gosh, it must have been a month ago now that a little game came out called City Skylines. And I, if, if you haven't gotten it, it's it's pretty amazing. It's, I want it. I, I really do. It looks pretty awesome. So but... it, it is everything that the latest SimCity should have been. 
it mm-hmm. it is it is incredible except i i like so like my city traffic flow in city skyline is is kind of something that you need to be really concerned with and unfortunately for the residents of my fictitious city in city skylines all the roads are one way one way roads to maximize oh traffic my gosh. flow so oh it's my kind God. Of an actual like nightmare to live there because everything <laughs> is a one way street but oh, man. Really and let me great. guess, no U-turns allowed ever, right? No, never. That would, I mean, there are roundabouts. There are lots of roundabouts. Boy, do I love yeah, But no U-turns. Roundabouts. Oh, that's but evil. U-turns, no bueno. No. Oh. no like, you are not going to interfere with traffic. No, you aren't. But awesome. I am a part of traffic, and I need to U-turn now and then on a million one-way streets. This is... A, this is diabolical. When people ask, what's the most evil thing you've ever heard of somebody doing in a video game from now on? I'm going to say Sims Skylines, all one-way streets, all roundabouts, no U-turns. And I That's guarantee true. I'll win all the contests from now on. <laughs> it's it's got to be at least on par with, like, if you've ever played The Sims and, like, gotten them in a swimming pool and then just deleted the ladder. That's, no, yeah. that's worse. That's, that's worse than Sims Survivor, where you put them in a room with a glass of lemonade and go, okay, this is it. Enjoy. Let's see how, yeah. how insane you go. No, that's even more evil because these people are just trying to get to work or get home to their families and then enter you and your evilness. The Hoots Expressway is not an expressway. And yeah, so no, no. Not, not, not. Yeah. I, think I need to make a left turn. Sorry, you got to make four rights. You, you know mm-hmm. what? The traffic must flow and must keep mm-hmm. flowing. No, no congestion in my city. Yeah, no congestion, That's but right. nobody can get to where they want to be. So. Uh, you, you know, I mean, you know, minor details. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You just you did, little did Joe Sim know that when he left his house, he would never be seeing his family again. Exactly. Yeah, pretty much. What about you, Tatsumi? What have you been up to in this wide, wide world of gaming? Uh, but tons of stuff. I actually logged into Eve, and and I I will let uh, Hoots talk about Eve when we get to this section. But I have a funny story because I logged in just to see where did I last log out, and I. Logged in and I'm in Fountain and I'm like, I'm in a Starbase. I'm like, okay, this is good. As long as I don't undock, I think I'm safe. Wait, it says red for the, uh, the you know, alliance. I'm like, okay, so that means they don't like me. Hmm. So I popped into uh, Mumble and I asked Stu and the guys, I said, so I'm in Fountain in 6VDT. Oh, no! And they're like... <laughs> Uh, are you corped? And I said, no. And they said, well, that's good. That's good and bad. They said, don't undock. Get yourself back in the corp and you're fine because that's actually in friendly alliance space. You've actually been gone long enough that we've completely left Fountain, went all out and had adventures, and then came back and took Fountain back over. And I went, oh. Wow. Yeah. And, and I'll get to that in the Eve section, but that's, yes. that's pretty much exactly it. <laughs> wow, jeez. You have been gone for so long they cycled. Exactly. Everything, you know, everything's a everything cycle of life, so, you know, it's good. Mm-hmm. Um and then we did some raiding in WoW and got our standard 3 bosses down in 
BlackRock Foundry. We're going to work on a new strategy for the rolly guy or gorger who likes to eat or and roll over people. And um, hopefully also work on Flamebinder tonight. But that's about it. Work's been kicking my butt, so it's mainly been logging in. Um, oh, not completely forgot, but we took last week off because we did the AIE craft fair in WoW. And so McCall and I and Shoujo uh, did jewel crafting in there. I heard so it was a record home. turnout. Yeah, record low. No, uh, yeah, there was there was not a lot of... I don't want to say participation because that sounds bad, but but we helped the people that showed up, which is what what happened. But Blizzard really, and, and we'll get to that next time we do a wild podcast. Blizzard has killed crafting; it's just bad. It's not that they killed crafting; I think that they killed the craft fair. <laughs> they killed the Mostly. they killed the need for the craft fair because people yeah. can level up, you know, on their own, but. I, honestly, I I prefer to think of it as they killed crafting because most people are just like, oh, I need a jewel crafter. Okay, I'll just boost an alt to ninety. Oh, look, they've got six hundred jewel crafting. Okay, I'm good. Or you or need- you can just do it in your garrison, and you can yeah. do the high end stuff from level one now, which is awesome. Yeah, exactly. I think all crafting needs to be able to be like, oh, okay, yeah, you can make the relevant stuff because that's really what you need to be making. So yeah, yeah. that, that kind of took a bit of time, but um, mm-hmm. that's about it. What have you been up to? Okay, so I have had a super fun week. In gaming, first off, I've been playing the heck out of Story of Seasons, which is a Harvest Moon type game, which means, yes, Eludra's digging in the dirt again, but it's all good because <laughs> I am Sucker. farming and all the guys in town seem to really like me, but it helps that I'm winning every single contest I try to be in. So, of course, I'm the most popular farmer ever, and they all like me, and it's like, whatever. Because, I don't know, I'm not ready to settle down in my Harvest Moon game just yet. Nope, nope. Um, insert wild oats joke here, because that seems oddly appropriate. Um, let's see, you went over the WoW stuff, but the WoW token is really a godsend for me. First off, my friends sometimes send me gold, like, this week Sky sent me a bit of gold and was like, here, you're having a hard time with things, so play WoW. And so now I'm up to a bunch of months, just already paid for. With WoW, I, the game has gone free-to-play, guys. Seriously. It really has. It's not hard to earn that much gold. I, I earned enough for another month just by logging in out of raid once or twice a day and doing my garrison stuff. Thank you, yeah, treasure finding what, guys. About, what, about 17,000 gold? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you At imagine that? in the North 17. American realm. Yeah, uh, have yeah. Have seen the prices over in China? Yeah, I have, and I'm glad I live in North America again. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know, Hoots, like, if you've been following it since they adopted the Eve Plex system, essentially. I've been um, a little bit, they, yeah, just because obviously it's it's so close to a Plex system that I've been kind of following yeah. it a little bit. I haven't been following the prices, though, and even if even if I have, I've been out of WoW for so long that I don't know what a realistic price is. Okay, well, uh, it's cheap. Okay. It's cheap. Yeah, you it's can earn a like token the, a week if you okay. just, yeah, yeah, yeah. So North America it bounces between about seventeen to twenty three thousand gold. Europe is I think averaging around thirty five 
35,000 gold and China is averaging around 75,000 gold because they have the tokens different in each region, but it's one price for the entire region. So no matter which mm-hmm. server you're on, if you bought the token, you're going to get that amount of gold when you when someone buys it off the server. So gotcha. Yeah, I'm really scared people are going to stop buying these tokens and I don't well, that want means them the to stop. Price will go up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I know. Also, I, I remember we have kind of a blogger uh, on the Eve side of things, uh, Nosy Gamer, who does a lot of uh, analysis about RMT pricing and and right. buying um, kind of the illicit like gold trade or ISK trade in Eve. And part of Blizzard's objective is to hurt. Uh, you know, gold sellers, because you mm-hmm. want to be able to sell like one of these tokens and get more gold than you would just be able to go uh, to like, you know, a shady gold selling site and, right. and buy gold there. And, and gold on shady gold selling sites is is really cheap right now, too. So that I think is part yeah, of it. Yeah, it really price. drove the prices down. It's yeah. really funny. Um, other yeah. than that, I've been playing some Cat Girls because, as most of you guys know, I'm unemployed. So I can play two MMOs and Harvest Moon. And, um, <laughs> and so uh, I got my third Soul Gem, which means I, I have my third advanced class. So I can be a Dragoon, which is awesome and kind of fun, but uh, it's not really my favorite. And then I'm a Ninja, which is pretty fun. That means I get to kick you in the face, which, come on. Everybody wants right. to kick people in the face, especially in video games. And then I'm a monk, which means I get to punch you in the face, which is sometimes even more satisfying than kicking you in the face. So I, I've really got the variety pack going, everybody. It, it's pretty awesome. And then uh, yesterday I got to visit uh, a new little baby Xander. Hi, little baby Xander. He's the son of Mew and Jen our uh hunky brewer sorry um and the, the baby's awesome and they are awesome and yes tiny babies make me squee and so i'm very happy very cool yeah i know i know i've been all busy with not much but visiting the baby was awesome because my friends are having babies now and that's so freaking awesome you know yours is grown up and so you get to see your friends exactly <sighs> yeah life is awesome sometimes okay so, let's see. What is this? The cycle is complete? Oh, that was what we covered. Oh, earlier. those are your notes about what you want to go over. Okay. I was like, um, yep. that's that's odd. Okay, but we'll be digging into Eve shortly and talking more about uh, Tetsu's cycle. But first, let's <laughs> cover this week's news. A.I.E. News. All right, so as you heard at the top of the show, we have a new Guildie of the Month. North Icer, a.k.a. Razzie, and Kroka is a beacon of what AIE, AIEU represents and stands for. So how, how bad did I, I mangle that name there, Hoots? Uh, you, you know what? I've always pronounced it North Isir. I could be Isir? wrong, though. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a tough one. I, I love video games and stuff with creativity. North, and he's, yeah, yeah, North is North. awesome. North yeah. and Razzie, they're, they're awesome. Uh, they help new members get settled and help others with any questions they may have. North has really shown himself to be a stand-up member of the community and has taken to exploration and Eve and always jumps on to help others out when they need it. 
congratulations, North, on being our guilty of the month and just being a stand-up person that we want to celebrate. So if you want to nominate somebody for Guildy of the Month, send an email to gotm at aie-guild.org with the name of the person you're nominating in the subject line. Nominations for June's Guildy of the Month will be accepted until May 12, 2015. This is a community-wide program. Nominations will be accepted for members from any game division, and I think I want to throw somebody's name in the ring, so I'm going to be emailing myself, not not like me myself, but sending an email personally <laughs> to try and get somebody nominated go. because uh, seriously, lately, everybody has been so great in AIE and I just want to hug you all. Awesome. And speaking of other games in WoW, last weekend was the, the Spring Craft Fair, as we mentioned, and by all accounts, over 60 guild members benefited from the organ organizing, gathering, hair-pulling, and general chaos that is AIE taking over Silvermoon City and actually making it a popular city for once in a while. Oh, uh, my gosh. Okay. Build- Think about this. Think about this, though. 60 people were helped all-time low. Jeez, yep. guys. Think about that. We helped 60 people, which is no small number, but all-time low. <laughs> yep. And that's just due to changes in the game. It happens. Yeah, but that's just crazy to think about, that 60 could be seen as such a small number. I know, right? And also, they uh, did a coop afterwards on Saturday, because you can't have a craft fair without a coop. And then they had the wrap-up party and uh, raffle giveaways actually happening right now at Gallywix's place. So thank you to everyone who volunteered. The craft fair is a perfect example of what makes AIE great. And this just in, Tinchel, AIE's self-declared oldest member, set up Gellis' Daily Barbecue and Beer Company. How's that for RP? As a new member of AIE, or any AIE member for that matter, all you need to do is post a reply on the forums or drop Gellis a reservation request in the mail, and they will arrange to come and get you wherever you are in Azeroth. They will portal you to Half Hill, where they will hand you the ingredients you need to begin cooking without even making one single slice of spiced bread. Blah. Stuff tastes terrible anyhow. In no time at all, you reach cooking level 525, and if you're at least level 85, then we can get you to cooking level 600 and the title of Master of the Ways. Oh, and I almost forgot the beer part. We'll also get you a six-pack of dark brew lager to go. Such a deal. Wow. Post. I know, right? There's a forum link to a forum post. Use the forums in the, uh, in the show notes. Also, that wow, is it so is awesome. Children's Week. I know. It's the end of Children's Eats, actually. I think it's coming to the end, which can be frustrating for PvPers and non-PvPers alike. With this in mind, AI members are hard at work helping fellow guildies get one step closer to the Long Strange Trip achievement. Uh, When I get, there's an email coming from Nevermore, and as soon as I get that, I will paste in uh, the, the names of everyone that's been helping out and volunteering with that. Awesome. Yeah, the PvP thing. I remember a couple years ago, I publicly denounced Zod on this show and dragged him into <laughs> one single Children's Week PvP match and got him the Drake. Like, mm-hmm. he, he only needed the one. And I was like, right. really, dude? You're just not, you just gave up? You just need one? It took us 10 minutes. The fact that so many people are banding together to get everybody the Drake like this is just awesome. 
All right, so in Final Fantasy, Abavan wants to know, with Heavensward quickly approaching, what goals do you personally have before we all head to the snowy north? Yeah, that's right. Pack away your sandals, guys. We're going somewhere really cold. Get involved in the conversation in-game or on the forum. Also, the Final Fantasy XIV team has announced that the new expansion is coming in June. The Heavensward benchmark, including the... AU and RA. Um, that has a weird space, but it's the new Dragon People character creation is now available, and I've downloaded it, and it's very cool, and I enjoy it. So, yay, Dragon Peoples! Go check it out on the forums. Um, all the chatter going on over there, and uh, get yourself a benchmark. Very nice. And in Star Wars The Old Republic, speaking of other space games, just in time for May the 4th, The Amazing Race is coming. There will be a special event on May the 4th to determine contestants and then start the race on Tuesday the 5th at 9 p.m. server time, running for five weeks total. The focus will be on level 60 Republic, non-AIE guildies this time around. Pell is looking for volunteers the night of the night of the race in the form of AIE guildies. Since this event will involve a lot of travel, level 60 tunes are suggested. Keep an eye in game on the forums or, uh, or ask Pell if you have any questions. Also coming up, patch 3.2 is coming up. Uh, there's a link to a uh, forum topic on that. And as a note, it says a level cap of 60, which is included with the purchase of the latest story expansion, Shadow of Revan, is required to access the new storyline and the planet of Zyost in the game 3.2 update. Lead the battle against Revan, one of the galaxy's most powerful characters, and experience five, five new levels of story-driven Star Wars adventure. Uh, from the uh, Star Wars site, confront the Sith Emperor, obsessed with achieving immortality. The Sith Emperor has targeted his own form subjects, own former subject, God, I got forms on the brains, former subjects on the planet Zyost, with every death seemingly extending his dark powers. Speaking through those he's possessed, he controls powerful pawns like Master Suro, the leader of the team of elite militarized Jedi known as the Sixth Line. Join forces with Lana and Theron. As the Sith Emperor gradually dominates the free will of Everon Zyoth, both Lana ben Benico, minister of the newly formed Sith intelligence, and Theron Shan, a spy for the Galactic Republic, are trying to stop the chaos. Your leadership is guiding them through the conflict on Zyoth. It's critical to uncovering the former Sith Emperor's terrifying plan. And finally, to discover the imperial world of Zyost. <clears throat> Known as the gateway to the Empire, planet Zyost is a state of chaos as innocent civilians are targeted by possessed pawns of the Sith Emperor. From menacing people's tower in the city center to mastered armor, massive armored walkers. Say that three times fast. Patrolling for fresh targets, the Sith Emperor's presence is overwhelming. His power is growing with every death. Only you have the strength to stand against him. And also, just as a reminder, uh, this is not the only podcast that we do in AIE. Star Wars The Old Republic has Star Wars The Old Republic uh, Escape podcast. Uh, usually it is hosted by AIE SEMA, Max the Gray, uh, and Astromech EPC88, and they're talking about the impending release of the upcoming patch. All right, and also... Um, there is a AIU segment that we get once in a while from the AIE 
folks in EVE, which we're going to be talking about right now. Hoots, tell us all about what's going on with AIE in EVE and what's going on with EVE. All right. So I, I kind of took a step back and I was like, well, it's been, I, I think, about a month and a half, two months since I've, I've last been on. And a couple things have changed. Uh, the kind of the, the regular six-week release cycle is still a thing. So it's lots of content coming really quickly with rapid iteration. Um, a lot of little things that I won't get into, but the game, the game is definitely different. And, and, uh, we had a fan fest, I think, since I was last on, and there were a bunch of announcements at the fan fest. Um, and then lately, though, kind of the universe has been gravitating and bracing for the June expansion. And we'll get to that in a little bit. Kind of the first item, though, that I wanted to talk about that I thought is is really neat, especially for veterans. Uh, ship skins as a feature have been released. So previously in EVE, if you had a spaceship, it was the spaceship. The color was the same. Uh, last year, they kind of redid how the rendering of all the ships worked, and now they're able, the, the developer, CCP, uh, they're able to get in and allow anyone to go in and um, customize uh, their ship from like a select a bunch of pre-selected uh, templates. Um, it's not It's not to the point yet, unfortunately, where you can have pink ship decals. I mean, that would be really great. The Hello Kitty logo on your ship someday. No, no, no. It needs to be like all My Little Pony, because right. I know you guys, you are all really into it, so we so need like the Rainbow like Dash. Is absolutely yeah. really into that. He wants like the Rainbow Dash logo on his on his ship. You can't quite have that yet. What I'm gonna do is I have. Oh, we need stickers. Come on, game, get with it. In the show notes, um, I have a link to the dev blog, and there's actually a photograph of of one of the ships. Um, and you can you can actually spin it around and take a look at it. That's the apocalypse, I think, one of the mm-hmm. uh, the ship skins. But yeah, they released dozens of them. You can buy them for real money, or you can buy them for in-game currency. Um, and once you buy them, they're permanent. They don't blow up with with your ship, which is really great. So you can switch between ship skins at will in the interface. It's really well done. I know they were working out a kink as of a couple of days ago with you being able to apply a ship skin to any ship in the day in the game but that should be <laughs> yeah like uh, which which was which is kind of a little amusing but that should be sorted yeah. out pretty yeah. pretty quickly um yeah that's so a question on that yeah is it is it it's tied to your account so if you buy it it all your characters on that account can use it right oh oh that's wait that's a good question. I know it's tied to the character. I think it's tied to the account. That is oh, a fantastic no. question. I don't have facts in front of me. Um, okay. Once activated for a character. Uh, actually, I think they're tied to characters. Other characters on the same account will not have access to the skin as read oh. off this dev blog. So, no, you do have to buy individual skins for individual characters. Okay. It is not, it is not account-wide. Gotcha. So they went from the Henry Ford model of, you can have any color you want as long as it's black, to mm-hmm. now here have some variety, which is Yes. Cool. Um, there are some really neat-looking... Um, 
avatars, which are, are a class of Titan. Uh, the there, There's the gold avatar, which is, I think, the standard one, but now you can get it like all real sleek as a as a black Khanid avatar. Um, and then I think there's a blue avatar too. So the Titans, uh, the biggest ships in the game, look absolutely gorgeous with these ship skins. And then all the way on down to frigates have them. So it's it's been a cool. real neat um, real neat little feature that they just unveiled last week. Very cool. That's awesome. Awesome. Well, um, I like that the dev team in the game is just so involved with the community. I mean, props to them for that. I mean, they made this giant sandbox of a game where you, you pretty much do have to make your own fun 90% of the time. And I like that they're taking steps to give you things to do, but it, it's really a unique game in that it's like, okay, here you go. Have fun. So but we're, we're, but we're going to give you new content and still update things, but for the majority of it, it's just have fun. Yeah. They're not so heavy-handed with things, you know mm, what I'm saying? Not at all. And and actually, that leads a little bit into the next link that I have. And underneath the ship skins released, uh, I link that I have in the show notes, I also have this lovely YouTube video. And I have a bunch of them in the show notes. And they're all the latest The Scope videos, Uh put out by CCP. And if you if you get a chance and you're interested in the game, check them out. What the scope is in the game is they're, they're a news organization. Uh, and CCP has been releasing updates to their YouTube feed uh, from newscasters in the scope, detailing both uh, mechanic, uh, like mechanics changes and kind of a talking about them lore-wise and how they fit into the universe, but then more importantly, player-run uh, events and player events and player oh, nice. conflict. Uh, so there was a report on the Southern conflict between actually Brave and Pandemic Legion that came out a couple of weeks ago, uh, which was our alliance versus one of the, uh, the bigger... I have more veteran alliances in the game. And I've been really impressed with these videos, and they've been incorporating uh, basically things that happen in the EVE community uh, in these videos. If you look at the ticker, you'll see, like, individual players uh, being called out for their uh, their contributions either to, uh, like, either EVE lore or speculation or tinfoil hattery conspiracy. Uh, they, they was, there was a shout-out to the god of wormholes, Bob, which is sort of a running joke in the, <laughs> the, uh, the wormhole community. Right. Um, <laughs> the god of wormholes is named yeah, Bob. His name is Bob. I dig yes. that. I like, really do dig that. That is that, so brilliant. That's been a running joke in the wormhole community uh, for the longest time, and CCP in their scope video called it out as like, oh, there are all these weird sightings happening and things are terrible in the universe. Wormholers think it's because of Bob. Uh, and everyone mm. like loved it. It was great. Uh, nice. so, that's, so that's definitely in the show notes. The scope video feeds, check them out. They're amazing. Uh, the final feature that I really want to talk about from the latest release last week, it has been a long time coming. <laughs> Your accounts are safe now. You can get two-factor authentication. Please. I know, like something that every MMO has done for the longest of time. And, and I'm not a programmer or a developer, and I know programming and development is hard. 
um, and that's why I'm not a programmer or a developer. Uh, but yeah, it's been a while, and I know there were changes that had to be made behind the scenes in order to get two-factor authentication to work, but it's here, and it works now, and you can use it, and the hacksaws will not steal your Eve account anymore. You should probably sign up for it if you like being secure. Oh, nice. It uses the Google Authenticator, yes. so you don't have to download yet another game-specific application you can just tie in, because I think um, doesn't Aludra, doesn't Guild Wars 2 also use the, the Google Authenticator? I'm not sure, actually, because I don't play that one. I know Square Enix has a separate authenticator, so whenever my family sees me yeah. sitting in my computer and they don't see my neon pink phone near me, they, they run and catch it because they know sooner or later I'm going to be like, where's my phone? I need my authenticator again. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's Guild Wars 2 that uses Google the Google authenticator as well. So, I, I, yeah, that's that's nice that they're not having to publish their own and they can just tie into something. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And and God knows how many times I've deleted my Blizzard authenticator off of my phone or right. gotten a new phone <laughs> and then had to be like, oh no, I'm locked out of my account. Now I have to mail yeah. in my driver's license and get it back and it's terrible. Not quite well, yeah, yeah. something like that. Um I think yeah. the process has gotten better nowadays, but yeah. Yeah, but it's really great that they're giving us all these these um they're like, wow, you know, it's just a game, but the things you have on here are valuable, so we'll give you more tools to protect it because we didn't ever expect our game stuff to be that valuable. <laughs> right. So moving moving along, we're, we're going to talk, okay. we're, we're gonna talk yeah. a little bit less about mechanics changes now. And since I was last here, we, we should really key up some Game of Thrones music, um, although HBO <laughs> would probably send, like, a C&D against the... Right. While uh, we're recording, just for right. mentioning it, man, NSA yeah, is exactly. on us, yep. so we we're just going to back away. But, but, yeah, I've got the Game of Sov updates um, since I was <laughs> last here, and it's it's been nuts. I, I mentioned earlier in the show, kind of the EVE universe is aligning itself to the next release in June. Mm -hmm. um, and the release of something that everyone's come to call Fozzy Sov, which is, yes, like Fozzy Bear, but in this case... Like Waka Waka? Yeah, exactly, like that. <laughs> the, developer, the developer that announced it, his name is CCP Fozzy. Um, after, I, yeah, presumably Fozzie Bear Waka Waka. Right. So the community latched onto that and said this mechanic change is officially Fozzie Sov since he announced it. And he's that's awesome. That in mm -hmm, that's um, really cool. Yeah, so that's, that's coming, I want to say, oh, June 6th. No, it can't be June 6th. It's either June 9th or June 16th, probably June 9th, because it's a six-week cycle. When that comes, and, and I may have mentioned this the last time I was on, but if I haven't, to, or if I have, regardless, to recap, uh, formerly the mechanics of taking sovereignty nullsec and owning your own home in space were mm -hmm. really tedious and involved grinding a lot of structures with a lot of hit points and mostly sitting there and playing another game while you play Eve. It was really terrible and no one liked it and everyone agreed that it needed to be changed. Uh, so in its place, it's, it's morphing into a capture and control sort of 
almost mini game that doesn't involve structure hit points at all. Um, and the, kind of the ramifications of this are that you're going to need to live in denser, more populated pockets of space in order to hang on to those pockets of space. And the more active you are in those pockets of space, the more difficult it'll be for someone to take that space. So Because it's my space, and I will elbow you in the face. Yeah, and the the theory and kind of the the design guideline was that if you live in your space and you're active in it, it should be relatively difficult to take it. But if you're not active in your space and if you're not using it, it should be relatively easy to take it. Yeah, which makes sense. Yeah, and and I think everyone agrees uh, with that end goal. So what happened is the entire universe went, oh my god, we have too much space, and we're not using it, and all the terrible things are going to happen. So every big player in the Eve universe basically went from sprawling empire to really tiny, compacted um, fortress of doom and death, like just all bunching up in their respective geographical areas. So the, the CFC... Uh, which is the Cluster Something Coalition, um, first of all, renamed themselves to a family-friendly name. They are now the Imperium, um, which I don't know how I feel about. Um, It's an interesting (laughs) rebranding choice, and it Mm -hmm. definitely, kind of the people behind it, are definitely playing it up in both... A, it's deadly serious, because they really have renamed themselves the Imperium, and I'm pretty sure they're serious about it but they're definitely being obnoxious about telling people they're the Imperium and that they're the evil empire of the universe, which, which I think might be fitting and kind of plays into their shtick. But they live, they moved out of the north, um, or into the north. Um, they basically, they're evacuating a bunch of their holdings in the west and are pulling up all north and are going to have, like, a fortress of doom up there. Um, as the Imperium, as they consolidate they basically, as a parting gift to some regions in the south, they basically murdered everyone living there and kicked all of them out of their homes. Um, so the south and the west fortunes of Savnosek are in a state of disarray and chaos. Uh, another major coalition for, for people that follow Eve is called N3. And it's called N3 because at one point there were three alliances that started with the word N that were part of it. And now I think there are only two and it's confusing. But regardless, that other big coalition is a disorganized mess and they're pulling out back to like uh, the the west of Eve. Uh, if I could do directions properly, the east of Eve. Um, another really... Because in space, east is fig- easy to figure out. You know, it, it, if you, there is a solve map that you can look at. There is a map with, like, the regions on it, and you can, I think, up is north and down is south, and um, if you were to look at it, the map in 3D, it would not at all make sense, but fortunately... It doesn't. We, no, it doesn't make no. sense at all, but but kind of, we have, we have that convention, and N3, uh, there was this practice, and uh, the CFC, now the Imperium, there was this practice in Eve where you could make a lot of money by capturing a lot of space and having really big ships defend that space, but then not use it 
and rent it out to people, basically like a landlord, um, like a really terrible feudal landlord. And that practice, it was called renting. Um, And you would have these big organizations just gobble up massive amounts of space and then charge people the privilege of using it. Because of this change, pretty much all except I think one of the renter organizations in EVE have decided, no, we're not going to do this anymore. This is madness. It's not going to be practical. Come, Fozzie Sov. So that's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out and to see if smaller groups can kind of exert their own will and, and establish a foothold in in, sov- in sovereignty, uh, Nullsec in Eve, um, and that's kind of what I'm I'm paying attention to. So it's a real exciting time, as always. And it, it, and you know what? I have this last bullet point of a bunch of changes in the social dynamic and political sphere of Eve. Well, except for the Russians, the Russians are still being right. Russians. Who knows what they're doing? Um, they're playing. They're playing a long game that you'll find out about in five years. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Russians, and there is a very vibrant and powerful Russian community that tends to stick together because of language in Eve, and they're all very mysterious, and no one ever knows what they're doing. Um, because of all this, we'll call it geopolitical upheaval. We got kicked out of our home. We used to live in a region of space called Catch. There was there was a group of big bad guys called Pandemic Legion that we held off for a while, but the mechanics of the game were kind of as such that they were able to press the win button every time in a fight by dropping what are called super capitals every time. And our our scrappy group of underdogs in both AIE, but then in all the, the sister corporations and Brave Collective, we, we don't have super capitals coming. Like, those are really expensive ships that people who've been playing the game for years have. And, I, like, you know, I've been playing the game for three years, and I definitely don't have a super capital and don't really want one. Um, <laughs> so... After a good couple of months of just slugging it out with Pandemic Legion, we we finally lost our two kind of headquarters. We lost our first headquarters and retreated to our second headquarters, and then we lost our second headquarters and became homeless for a couple of weeks, which is, if we're AIE, we've been here before. Being homeless mm-hmm. is kind of just part of the cycle of things. It's, it's kind of our thing, actually. And it's just and, from know, listening in. It's like yeah. suddenly we're homeless. It's like suddenly every few months. And we're vagabonds. Um, but you know, uh, AIE specifically, we were really well prepared because we've been here before. We've done this before. And oh no, I think mm-hmm. oh, everything's fine. Um, I thought I may have just completely crashed the podcast, but I think we're good. Um, no, we're fine. Okay, perfect. Uh, the things about us being homeless, we were really well prepared. The rest of Alliance is a little bit newer than us, and and it was really interesting being in a slightly older corporation now, being able to sit back and kind of just pull out the popcorn and start eating eating popcorn as, like, all this chaos and disarray just appeared around us. Um, so I'm really glad that things were stable and secure for us and our line members and a little sympathetic to people who are a little less prepared but is it all you can do though sometimes is it, just it is just sit back and pull out the popcorn yeah. yeah and that was 
the past couple of weeks, that was exactly what happened. There was an attempted coup d'etat against the leader of Brave Newbies, and it was then yeah, it was just a wonderful, chaotic, beautiful mess that I don't think I'd really, I'd really, uh, I, I you can't find it in any other game. It, it's just so fantastic, and I mm-hmm. love every minute of it. Um, but because we became homeless for a little bit, we kind of regathered our resources and repositioned ourselves. And with with the CFC or the Imperium or with whatever they're called leaving. Uh, to go all the way up north, they we kind of approached them. Um, not me, um, but like some uh, some of the alliance diplomats and brave collective approached them and said, "Hey, um, you're not going to live in in this region of space anymore. Uh, can we move in?" And they were like, "Yeah, sure." I, I don't know if there was money that changed hands or or what the exact deal was, but we got a new home um, and didn't have to fight for it. And we're living in a region of space called Fountain now, which Tetsemi mentioned at the top of the hour is where we lived when I started playing this game three years ago. Right? <laughs> yeah. I actually found the Eve mail, and it said three years and four months ago, Ralph removed me from AIEU. So I was inactive that long. But I, my ship is still in Fountain right now, so... Yeah, so it's for us, for AIE in particular, we've basically come home. This is Fountain and Delve, which are two regions that are right next to one another, are our ancestral homelands. And for me, when I was first learning the game and first uh, coming out, especially into zero zero or null sec space and leaving the comfort of high sec, uh, it's been kind of a homecoming and it's really familiar. And uh, there are these residents of people that live in a constellation called Phoenix, and they're referred to as the Fountain Core residents because they kind of live in the core region of of Fountain. And they're still as mean and nasty as they were when when we left. It's it really is a lot like coming back home, and mm-hmm. um, and the space is a lot better than the space that we left. So it's actually like a really good good win for everyone. Um, yeah. yeah, that's kind of where we're at. You can go home again. <laughs> you can. It just sometimes takes like three years and the shifting of geopolitics. Yep, exactly. Nice. So that's, that's kind of in broad strokes what we've been up to in EVE. Uh, two other things that I totally forgot to put in the show notes that I wanted to call out. Okay. Every Wednesday night, we do a mining op with our high-sec campus. Um, it's great success. It's run by uh, Kuda Timberline and Eric Nolan in-game. Um, I'm not going to give out the details of where that happens uh, because, not not spies, but because I think Eric and Kuda might murder me if I do because they're, they're being, it's like exploding. And here's the thing, get them to murder me. I want more people to attend those mining ops, especially if you're looking to like, um, be in an area that's a little bit safer 
in Eve mm-hmm. and do a little bit of mining and a little bit of industry and explore like the crafting side of of Eve. It's really complicated. I don't understand it at all, but it's been like a smashing success and they're growing really quickly and building like a lot of ships and producing a lot of things and making money hand over fist, I hope. Um, that's yes. something <laughs> I really wanted to shout out. Uh, the other thing I really wanted to call out that we we just started doing a couple weeks ago. I was I was reading. I, I think it was the the Star Wars. Uh, I think the, the AIE public forums and they have like a mandatory fun night. I think once a they week, do. Or once every couple of mm-hmm. weeks. And and I shamelessly stole that. Um, so going forward, Eve is having its mandatory fun nights every Saturday, and we're gonna start at. I think it is 0100 server time, which means nothing to me, but I'm pretty sure that's 8 o'clock central time. And then uh, other than that, we go throughout the night. We do a variety of basically shooty activities, be it shooting at NPCs for money, or uh, it sometimes devolves into we'll go and chase after, uh, you know, neutrals in, in space and blow them up. Um, well, I'm usually uh, typing out in local, the fun is mandatory. Come right. have fun with us. You must have fun. Please have fun. I demand it. So that's right. There you go. Yeah. Uh, so like attendance, the tagline, the tagline, which is probably my favorite. Attendance is not mandatory, but fun is. Nice. Like that's cute. Yep. I like it very much. So that's what we've been up to in in Eve. Come join us. It's a blast. Awesome. It always is fun. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Hoots. All right. Uh, And with that, we're going to answer our – we're going to go and look at our question of the week from last time, which was like three weeks ago. And that is, based on the uh, secret world, what is your favorite conspiracy theory? Uh, ben Bumhofer, Al the Mage, replied, Mine is that Magneto was behind the JFK assassination. He was trying to stop it. John Long, who is Arvishet, officer shaming. Is it real? Just an urban legend? Or the real reason for the Illuminati? Hmm. Wednesday replied that epics in crates exist, and she's referring to salvage crates in WoW, and Wednesday I have to tell you that yes, they do. I actually got, or Ashio actually got a shield epic out of a crate that I now have, so they do exist, they're just very, very rare. And McCullough finally said her favorite conspiracy theory is that we fake the moon landing. Really, people? Really? Really? Nobody mentioned the lizard people who are protecting their president at all times? Right? That's the real one, and it's kind of hilarious, so. Okay, I, I'm going to interrupt, and this is, this is, this is because I, I volunteered to be on the show this week. I have a favorite conspiracy theory that is, unfortunately, it's a little bit of an in-joke with the Eve crowd, but the conspiracy theory is that I am really the Matani. Um, or that anyone is really the Matani, and he's the leader of the CFC. Unfortunately, right. as you can see here, my goatee is way better than his, and I'm wearing mm-hmm. a blue and not a red shirt. There you go. Very I nice. I like that conspiracy theory. Very good. 
That is, a, that is a real fun one. All right, so our new question of the week is, what is your favorite real-life movie or video game spacecraft? Yes, what is the best craft for space trawling? I don't it know, is but... clearly the Dominix from EVE Online. <laughs> there you go. Space potato is best potato. Not space it, artichoke. Because it looks like a potato, but... You know. <laughs> And that's our show for tonight. While the chat room begins suggesting show titles, we want to thank Hoots for joining us. It Hoots. is. Yes, thank you very yeah. much. No, it's always a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. You want to plug your websites and how to contact you? Well, you can contact me on the Twitters at AIE Hoots. We do uh, with myself, although I'm kind of a grand poobah now that, that sits back and runs the court. But every now and then I'll edit the show and I'll, uh, I'll be on. There is a beautiful and wonder, wonderful podcast on capstable.net that'll answer all of your questions about EVE Online. And finally, there is a little something that might be coming up on May 7th this week, um, on CCP's The 07 Show, um, which they stream from Twitch. So stay tuned for that. <laughs> Big things Awesome. Awesome, cool. man. I look forward to it. Yay. Yep. All right. If you have a question or comment about our show, you can email us at podcast at aie-guild.org. You can also follow us on Twitter. The show is at AIE Podcast. Aludra is at Aludra underscore AIE. McCullough is at Cyberwave. And Tetsemi is at Ivory Tiger. We record live with video every Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. You can join the chat room and play along with us at our website, theaiepodcast.com Our theme was composed by the amazing Andrew Allen. Follow him at Keys with Soul or visit his website keyswithsoul.com Awesome, awesome, awesome stuff there. So, speaking of all that awesome stuff, we've got some AIE member segments that we received this week, including Asmus Mulgra, Overly Dramatic News. Stay tuned to hear him because you know you want to. And next week, we'll be taking the week off, so me and Michaela can enjoy Mother's Day here in the U.S. We will return on the 17th with a guest, so secret, we don't even know who it is yet. So until then, AIE, I'm Aludra. I'm Tetsami. And, and this, this has been... been... Yeah, we all want to say the thing. That's right. <laughs> Thrumka, and welcome to Ask Miss Mulgra, your source on matters of etiquette in Azeroth. Today's question is, if we do get a dance studio in the next patch, who should be the first to dance? Periodically, you may hear one of these odd rumors about some sort of disco party hall locating somewhere in Azeroth. But I would advise you not to put too much stock in these tall tales. We already have that den of scum and villainy called Gallywick's Pleasure Palace, which, I can assure you, 
is not a pleasure for the northern suburbs of Orgrimmar, who must put up with the noise and the litter, and the goblins, and the noisy machines. I suppose if a dance studio ever did come to Azeroth, my choice for first dance would be the male blood elves. No, really. Have you ever seen a good old-fashioned blood elf booty shaking? I am Miss Mulgrew, and that is my advice. Akamagosh! Follow at Miss Mulgrew on Twitter, or listen to previous episodes at MissMulgrew.com. Achievement aggravation arouses adventure antipathy. It's the Overly Dramatic News. I'm Hunts the Wind. The soft springtime season of May is upon us, and those seeking to enjoy the warm weather are once again having to endure the agonized screams of thousands. Why? Because May also brings Children's Week, where multitudes of heroes that want nothing to do with PvP are forced to enter battlegrounds with rugrats, um, I mean impressionable orphans in tow, to finish the what-a-long-strange-trip-it's-been achievement. This year has been a bit different, though, in that those screams of frustration have already been heard for months in the Azran area of Draenor. Those who focus on attacking the Iron Horde instead of the other faction have been forced to do battle or suffer ganking there in the virtually vain hope of obtaining the Universal Translator pieces for their garrison's trading post auction bot. Now many of these long-suffering seekers have set a collective enough. They have put their orphans to work in their garrison mine, and with the upcoming summer thunderstorm season, have repurposed the useless auction bot as a lightning rod, mounting it atop the garrison with its face, one arm, and one finger raised to the sky. One observer noted that despite lacking the translator module, the robot still manages to communicate a message to the gods, albeit perhaps not the one the original makers intended. Broadcasting across all Azeroth, I'm Hunts the Wind. Check out the archives at OverlyDramaticNews.com or follow me on Twitter at Hunts the Wind.